Thanks for listening to the Granary Church Podcast. For more information, head to granary.org.au or follow us on social media at The Granary Church. It's good to be able to sing of the goodness of God and declare that whether we feel that or not. And I just feel that before I sort of get into this, just to take a moment, there's, there's a f- bunch of things when we sing that song that we're declaring that are kind of hard to sing at times. And uh, one is declaring the goodness of God. One is declaring that he's been, His goodness follows us. And then there's another part that says, I lay everything down, I surrender everything, which I don't know about you, but I find, I've found that for most of my life really hard to do. So I was just thinking, before we get into anything, let's just take a quick moment. And whatever it is... Um, I feel like for some people tonight, you know, it's holiday season, but you've come in carrying burdens and you're feeling exhausted. And it could be troubled situations or troubling people or um, things going in your mind that are worrying you or in your heart. And when we sing about God's goodness following us, it feels hard because that doesn't seem to fit together. So I just want to give you just a moment of surrender to take any of those things and go, God, I actually lay these at your feet because I believe that your goodness is following me. So can we just take a moment and do that together? Is that cool? So Heavenly Father, we thank you. We declare that your goodness follows us. And right now we bring everything, everything before you, every troubling situation, every person that is troubling us or bothering us, every, everything that's going in our mind that just feels anxious or making us feel insecure and unsettled. Lord, the, the anxiety that people are feeling in their hearts, Lord, uh, family situations, relational issues, whatever it is, Lord, we bring these before you, we surrender them, we lay them down at your feet and we declare that your goodness is running after us, that you do, you desire restoration and you desire hope and you bring freedom. And so I pray for every one of us tonight, Lord, for your freedom to be here, Lord, that we will be so aware of your presence with us and your freedom in and through us, Lord. Lord we pray that we'll be marked by your love, people marked by your love. So God, we surrender these things now before you. We lay them at your feet. We declare that you are God and you are good. And we praise you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. That's so good. So good. Well, you can grab a seat. My name's Josh, if we haven't met. Is everyone doing well? Is that the sound of yes behind a mask? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I know that for some of you, it's holiday season. You're still on holidays. And if you're at uni, you'll be on holidays for another three months. And um, congratulations. Hardest time of your life. Um, it's tricky. I thought, actually, who, 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 people who have graduated uni, who thought that when you were at uni, you were busy? Does anyone remember that? Like, going, I'm just so busy. And then I remember when I started working full time, going, I had so much time. It was, it, it was amazing. So anyway, but no, you're busy and I get it. Um, who is still on holidays at the moment? Yes, well done. Who, who is back to work? Who, who is wishing they were on holidays? We actually, just this, this week, we had um, the week up near Sawtell with, with my family, with mum and dad and with, with my family, ever and the boys. And we were sort of in this um, kind of like a farmhouse just outside in the country. There were ponies and we went swimming and going to the beach and actually had like a properly relaxing week. And, and it's been really good and not to, not to boast or gloat, but it's been nice, you know, and it's, and I know that after last year, I think everyone, everyone needed a good holiday. Like every single person I, I know needed and needed a good holiday. And if they didn't, they still need a good holiday, good rest. And, um, we, we raced home yesterday and, uh, you know, trying to, trying to keep the boys settled and asleep and whatever. And, uh, we got home, we were pretty tired. And, uh, and so then we thought, 
let's um let's just order some food and um and have you ever hit this conundrum where you go to order something and first of all you decide which app to use because you might have like uber eats but then you've got deliveroo and you've got menu log and you've got i don't know there's there's like so many different options and so you first of all got to decide because if you go to them some of them have different like delivery fees as well and some of them will have free delivery for some things. You know, seriously, you got to you got to work it. And then so you got all these options. And then have you ever had this thing where you go on there to try and work out what you want to order, and you just can't work it out? There's just too many options, and you just like you just get stung with overwhelm. Have you ever had this feeling? And you're like going through, and you're like, I actually have no idea. And then after for a bit, everything looks really good. And then after a while, when you're looking at all the different food options, everything looks really bad. And you go, Well, I don't want that. That's rubbish. And so and and so then after a while, like we just couldn't work out what to do. Actually, the boys then didn't go to sleep, so I just drove them around and got McDonald's. It was pretty bad, pretty sad story. And uh, <laughs> But then we're like, let's watch something. And then if you had this conundrum where then you go, first of all, what app am I going to use? Am I going to watch something on YouTube or Netflix or Stan or Amazon Prime or, you know, whatever. And then when you do pick which app you want to use, then you've got to work out what you're actually going to watch. And then you end up just spending all night scrolling and then you go to bed. Have you, have you ever had this? And we have so many, so many options, okay? And in the Christian world, we have a whole lot of different Christian options as well. Have you noticed this? We have like Christian music and you can get Christian clothing. And of course, we have, have Christian schools and we have Christian books. And there's even Christian food and Christian media companies and Christian media and Christian everything. And we have options galore. And this is a really simple message tonight, but I feel like in 2022, you know what God really wants is Christian Christians. That's, that's what he wants, is Christian Christians. Like Christians who just look like Christians. That's, that's it. So, um, and, and I feel like for us, as we head into this year, like what is God saying to us? We're talking about foundations. What sort of foundation do we build upon? Where are we heading to? What are we building upon? And I feel so clear like God is saying to us, I just want you to be Christian Christians. I just want you to be people who resemble Jesus. Now, the term Christian was originally a derogatory term. It meant little Christ. And people use that as a bit of a dig on the people who followed Christ. They're like, oh, you're Christians. Now, I think if someone used that as a D against me, you look like Christ, isn't that the greatest compliment in the world? Like, it's kind of funny. It's like it, it kind of backfired as a, as a, as a dig because you go, well, if I resemble Christ, then, then something's going well in my life. Like, if people actually can see that in me, that's really good. In the Bible, it talks about, about uh, fruit and trees and, and you know how healthy a tree is by the fruit it produces. I believe that God is saying a Christian Christian is someone who actually produces good fruit, good fruit that looks like Jesus, good fruit that actually resembles the good fruit that Jesus produced. And if you look around in your life and you go, there's not a whole lot of good fruit happening, there may be some things actually might need to be adjusted for that. So the church, we don't always have the best public image, do we? Particularly not this week. So, and it's, it's a bit tricky. Oh, you, seriously, you, we, we do. And, and it's, it's really, really tricky as a Christian at times, because people have a perception of you based maybe on yourself. Maybe you have been a pretty rubbish Christian at times. I know I have. But sometimes based on other people or other things that happen. And so I believe that in our time now, it is more important than ever that we actually stand out from the world as people who look different, 
Okay, um, Dallas Willard said this, if we do not make formation in Christ or being like Christ the priority, then we're just going to keep producing Christians that are indistinguishable in their character from many non-Christians. We have to, have to stand out. We have to, have to look different. And I believe that God is actually calling us to people who stand out, people who are different, people who resemble a different spirit, people who are of a different kingdom. Okay. Now, God, of course, is not looking for perfect people. And if you're hearing all that, you go, well, that just sounds hard. I'm imperfect. We're all imperfect. He's not looking for people who are perfect. He's looking for people who seek him and whose hearts are postured towards him. But in Proverbs 25, it says this, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. And so tonight, really simply, I want to look It's the most Pentecostal thing ever, but three foundational postures for 2022. And I don't have a deep enough voice to say it better, so it sounds really good. But I was really thinking, as I've been reading through, there's this section in Romans 12 that we'll look at. And I and I feel like it's not it's not a new year's resolution. It's not sort of it's not something like that. It's just a posture of our heart, a posture of our spirit, where God is saying, This is this is how I want your heart, your mind, your life to look. This is where I want you to start, this is also where I want you to aim in becoming more like me, okay? So if you have your Bible, we're in Romans 12, verse 12. If you don't, it's right there. And it says this, Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Simply rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. So, Three, three quick things, all right, really. So rejoice in our confident hope. Now, there's, there's a couple of interesting things there because it first talks about rejoicing in, and, and then it talks about our confident hope. So, so to rejoice, rejoicing sounds exciting, doesn't it? Like, have you ever been at a football game or something and, and your team wins and everyone rejoices? Like, there's excitement. Actually, I don't know if I might have told you this before. I have a friend who... It's not yet a follower of Jesus, but I believe he will be one day. And he came to church one Sunday. It was a bit of a rowdier Sunday. And, and he walked down. He's like, I'm never coming back. He's like, the people, I saw people crying. There were people cheering. There were people yelling. He's like, it was just weird. I'm not coming back. And we've been going to a few Jets games. And I was like, man, I'm not going to another Jets game. Last time I went to a game, there were people crying. There were people cheering. There were people yelling. It was just weird. I'm not going back. And he was like, oh, yeah, fair point. And he came back. And there's something about rejoicing. When you go to uh, any sort of sport, whatever, you rejoice because things are, it's like there's this sense of joy, okay? There's an excitement. We have the ability to rejoice because we can have a confident hope in something that is confident that no one else has confidence in, okay? And if you know at the moment, it's hard to have confidence in anything. Have you made a plan in the last year? How did that go? Like, it's hard to have confidence in things. Have you, if you have an iPhone, you have the Apple weather app, least accurate thing in the world. So if you want to just find what's the least accurate thing in my life, it's that. You open it up, it's also really negative. Have you noticed this? Like if there is the slightest chance of rain, it's raining. It's raining. Like 40% chance it might rain. 40% chance it might rain. No, it's raining. Definitely rain. You look outside, perfectly blue sky. Uh, maybe I'm just not a person of faith. Or maybe it's just a negative, incorrect app that someone needs to do some work on. And, and it's hard. you can't have confidence that. You look at it and every day it's raining. Every single day. Like you look in the week ahead, it's raining. And then you look next to it and you're like, 29 degrees. There might be rain, but I'm going to bet there's not. 
Okay, so it's hard. There's so many things that, that it's easy not to have confidence in. How about life going like you planned or life going well? Okay, we can have great plans. We can have ideas of what are, what's going to happen and you can actually plan towards that. And I think that's really wise. Things in life don't always seem to go the, the way we plan. It's actually hard to have confidence in that. If you've ever given birth, and I haven't, but I've been there for it. They used to talk about a birth plan, which I think is a terrible idea. We had birth preferences because you're like, these are the things we prefer to happen or not to happen. How can you make a plan in that? And so, so we often like, we like to plan things out. We like to have a hope in things that you can't have hope in. Have you ever sat on a chair that's just fallen out from underneath you? Or seen someone sit on a chair that's fallen out from, that's funnier. It's actually hilarious. I do remember it happening one time to a lady who screamed and everyone held their breath. You're going, did she really get hurt? And then tried to laugh in your shirt. It was really, you know, it was hilarious. But we often have hope in things around us like a chair and hopefully your chair doesn't give way under you. But we put our hope every day constantly in things. You put your hope in other drivers on the road. You put your hope in your car. You put your hope in a whole range of things. But it's not really a confident hope, is it? We can have a confident hope in Jesus. The reason we can have a confident hope in Jesus is because he's consistent, he's trustworthy, and he's present. He's consistent, he's true to what he says, he's trustworthy, and he's present. He's with us. His spirit is with us. He promised us his spirit and he's with us. And we can actually have a confident hope in the fact that he is good and true and he with us, but also that he's going to do what he said he would do. And so that allows us to be people of like confident hope. And you can have a quiet, confident hope and walk around your day going, yeah, I'm quietly confident in the fact that Jesus is with me. He's trustworthy and that he's going to do what he says he'll do. But it also says to rejoice in that. And so a posture of rejoicing, a posture of joy is different than just a quiet going, that's nice. That's actually, that's a different sort of posture. It's, it's a posture that looks at situations and goes, I can rejoice in the middle of this because I know that Jesus is here with me and he will bring good out of this. He'll do what he said. I can actually rejoice in this. It actually allows you to be someone from a different kingdom who can see situations that look dire, situations that look terrible, situations that that you would rather not be in and actually rejoice in the middle of it. Who's ever been in a situation that you don't want to rejoice in? Who is currently in a snow? You don't have to answer that. But we can so often, like I've been in so many situations that you go, how can I rejoice in this? This is, this is hopeless. What are we going to do? In fact, even had this one towards the end of last year, and I think I was just tired. There was a, I, had a, I had a migraine. I was um, meant to be emceeing a year 12 formal that night, which I did. And then Ever called me because our car had broken down. The, the NRMA guy said, oh, it's definitely the transmission. And I was thinking, actually, I, at first I thought I could either cry or I can laugh and just rejoice because God's in this. And he worked it all out. My migraine disappeared. It definitely wasn't the transmission. It ended up being really cheap. It was one of those funny things. Now, everything doesn't always just work out nicely like that. But in sometimes, have you had those moments where you go, I can either just cry, fall into a heap or go, I have to have a different posture. I can actually rejoice because Jesus is in this. He is here with me. My hope, my hope is in him, not in, my, not in my car, certainly not in my car. So rejoice in our confident hope. Okay, first one. Second one is patient in trouble. Now, the tricky thing is trouble is not an option. Okay, you can't avoid trouble, can you? I mean, you can to some parts. There's, there's some wisdom, um, aged wisdom that lend, leads you out of trouble. 
And the older you get, the more you realize, wow, I made some dumb decisions when I was younger that maybe if I was a little wiser, I wouldn't have done. So, so there, is, there is some trouble that can be avoided, okay? But there's some trouble in life that, that you simply can't avoid. And so it says here, though, to be patient in trouble. Because who is with you? Well, then we go back to the verse before, rejoice in our confident hope, Jesus is with you. And so I can be patient in trouble when I experience a troubling situation. Now, not to be a doomsayer, but in 2022, I can pretty much promise you, you'll have some sort of trouble, okay? Now, it could be like a really small trouble, like you go to the shops to buy something and it's not there, or it could be a much bigger trouble, okay? Whatever it is, we're going to have some sort of trouble in the year, okay? And you actually need trouble in your life. It, it builds resilience in you, builds trust in Jesus, builds, builds strength and resilience. It's actually a helpful thing, but we can be patient in it. I'm a teacher and I find it funny sometimes when kids get in trouble, okay? And it's a different sort of trouble when they do actually do the wrong thing. But there's a different posture that students can have. And you get some kids and they just cop it. They go, yep, I did it. And there's like a patience there. They just go, yep, I did the wrong thing. I'll take it. And, and I always, as a teacher, feel incredible respect for those kids. Because you go, great, we can actually deal with this well. You have a great attitude. We can move on. You get some other kids and they fight it. So, no, didn't do that. And you're like, well, I just saw you do it. You know, like one of us is a liar and it's not me. So, um, and, and there's this, this pushback and a pushback and a pushback. And, and instead of being patient in trouble, it's like they try and fight it and try and fight it. And then start to fight you and try and, you know, make it a sort of I don't know, a power play. You're like, I'm not play, playing a game. I don't play games with kids, all right? So it's like you just go, this, this is not going to work. But there's these two different postures we can have. One is we can actually go, you know what? Trouble is going to come. I'm actually just going to cop it sometimes and be patient in it. Just allow it to happen. I actually remember there's a moment last year I was walking home from work and I felt so clearly there was some trouble and I was, I was trying to fight it with God. I was like, God, I don't want this. This is terrible. And I felt so clearly God just go, just cop it. Just cop it. Just be patient. It'll, it'll pass it. And I can't even remember what it was, but I can still remember those words of God just being like, just take it. Just, just relax. Just be patient in trouble. And I believe that this year, God is saying to us as Christians, when you have trouble, to be patient in it, not to flap about or make a big scene or to be someone who, you know, is like overwhelmed by trouble, but to be patient in it. And you can have patience because you have confident hope. Okay. So the reason you can be patient is because you have confident hope. Without confident hope, it's hard to be patient. When you have that confident hope, you go, I know this will be over soon. I know that Jesus has the victory. I know that I can trust in him. It allows you to be patient. Does that make sense? Another interesting thing I find with this when it, when it comes to trouble, we talk about Jesus being the lamb that was slain. Now, when you think in, in ancient times when people wrote this, who would pick a king that is a slain lamb? Like that sounds like the most defeatist leader or defeatist God. Or It actually sounds quite hopeless, doesn't it? But what it says to us is the lamb who was slain is that Jesus is one who understands trouble. He's one who understands suffering. He's one who understands the human condition, the human experience. And so we can be confident that he's with us. We can be confident that he has a victory, but we can also be confident that he understands pain. We can be patient because we go, Jesus, you're with me, and you get it. You, you get it. Have you ever been betrayed? 
Jesus gets it. Like he knows what it's like to be betrayed. Have you ever been physically harmed? Jesus knows what it's like to be physically harmed. Have you ever been ridiculed and abused? Jesus understands and knows what it's like to be ridiculed and abused. And so when we talk about Jesus who is with us, we also know that he, he gets it. He doesn't look down at us. He doesn't look at you from his high tower and go, oh, just get over it. He's saying, no, no, I'm with you. I get this. I'm walking with you through this. Okay, he's a God who feels. So be patient in trouble. And the last one is being faithful in prayer. Now, when I think about the word faithful, I think another way we can look at that is being loyal. And loyalty is something that we're not always great with. Our loyalties can be quite easily divided at times. I mean, go back to the example of the different apps. We're not loyal to many things. We like to pick and choose what suits us at the time. We like to, to look for the option that makes me feel best. And that could be with an app, but it can also be socially, with friend groups or with different people. It can, we can do that with leaders, divided loyalties. We can do it in our prayer life with God. And I can change my loyalties depending on how I'm feeling. But here it says to be faithful or to be loyal in prayer. To be faithful in prayer. When I'm hopeful, I'm going to be faithful in prayer. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to be loyal. When I'm afflicted, I'm going to be faithful in prayer. I'll be loyal. I will keep praying. God, I'm going to be praying to you. I'm going to be talking to you. When I'm with, experiencing the presence of God, I know that he's with me. I'm going to be faithful in prayer. But when I feel like God's presence has left me, or I'm in some sort of dry desert, I'm going to be faithful in prayer. I'm going to be loyal because I said I would be loyal. I said I would follow him. So I'm going to remain loyal. I'm going to remain loyal to Jesus. I'm going to say, even if it feels like you're not there, I believe you are there. Okay? So to be, to be loyal. Now, I believe that, that this, this linchpin of faithfulness, now a linchpin holds, holds us together. This, this faithfulness, this, this loyalty is so key for us this year that we be people who are faithful to Jesus, who regardless of trouble, regardless of circumstance, we go, I'm actually going to keep praying. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to be loyal. I'm going to trust you. Now, sometimes though we go, but this goes beyond my intellectual understanding. Like I can't make sense of this. And this is where I love it. Sometimes when you hear older people, people who've been Christians for a long time, and there's this, this depth of wisdom, but this simplicity that says, I don't understand everything, but I know that God has been faithful to me through my life. And so I keep trusting him and keep praying. I can't make full intellectual sense of everything. I haven't got all my questions answered. God didn't send me a little list back, you know, with all, all my, you know, questions answered and, and give me answers for everything I sought him for. But he's been faithful. When I look back on my life, I can see the goodness of God here, there and everywhere. And I believe there is this aged wisdom. Actually, as I was sitting down here before, I feel like God is saying to us, I want you to have that sort of aged wisdom, that sort of trust in God, but the heart of a child who can dance amazingly over here. But there is something about having the heart of a child that is just simple and wants to dance and rejoice in the presence of God, but that aged wisdom that makes, doesn't make the same mistakes you made as a child, that trusts in God, that understands his faithfulness and his goodness even when you can't understand everything. And so then you are able to go, I'm, I'm loyal to you. God, you have my loyalty. 
have my complete lo- loyalty. Um, we actually don't use that word a whole lot in our society, but just think for, for a moment, what, what would it look like in your life to go, I, God, I, I am loyal to you. I am loyal in every area of my life. I'm loyal in prayer. I'm devoted. I'm loyal in the way I speak and the way I act around other people. I'm loyal to you. Like you have my, my allegiances entirely with you. So hope, patience, and faithfulness. That we be people who, are, who rejoice in our confident hope, who are patient in trouble, and who are faithful in prayer. Now, interestingly, just before this, in verse 9, it says this, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Have you ever pretended to love someone? Like, we, you've all been there. And um, maybe we haven't actually. Maybe I'm just the worst sinner and everyone else is great. But, you know, you, you smile and nod at someone politely or whatever. But it say, I love this. It says it so clearly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Like, really love people. Genuinely love people. Because Jesus said this, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Your love for one another will prove to the world you're my disciples. Don't just pretend to love people but actually love them, like actually love people. If you've got a problem with someone, forgive them, like deal with it. I think that's a solid foundation for 2022. If you have a problem, then, then deal with it. And I'll be honest, for the start of this year, that's one of the things I've been trying to do. Just go, I, I want to start with a clean slate. I don't want to be someone who carries any unforgiveness from last year into this year. If, if, I'm gonna, if my loyalties are to Jesus, I don't want them divided. I want them completely for him. And by doing that, that means... I'm forgiven, so I will forgive. That's hard. He's called us to do that. So love one another. So I believe that God is calling us this year to rejoice in our confident hope, to be patient in trouble, to keep on praying, and to genuinely love each other. I mean, that's a bonus one. That's number four. But the other night, I was, um, I was at Coles Waratah. And as I was leaving, like I just sat in the car and I just had to write a few things because... I got so overwhelmed with God's heart for our city. And, and I felt this so desperately. I felt like God, I, just, I just wrote this to God. I was like, God, this city desperately needs you. And I know this not because I have it all together, standing on my holy mountain looking down or because I've surpassed them all. I wasn't looking. I was thinking, I'm not looking at all these people. You know, when you're trying to search your heart and go, what is it that I'm feeling right now? I'm looking at all these people going, you need Jesus and you need Jesus and you need Jesus. And I was thinking, I don't think I have everything together, but... I felt so aware of my own emptiness and longing, my fragility and my striving, my pleasure-seeking and my distractedness. And I was aware of that in myself. And I was aware of my need for God. And I believe that in that, I could see that in the people around me. And we don't stand as Christians on a holy mountain going, looking down at the world going, I am so much better than you. We actually come from a place of surrender going, God, I am completely aware of my fallen nature. I'm completely aware of the fact that I need you, that I'm so far from being perfect. I know the world needs you, but I also am fully aware that I need, need you. And if I'm to be a person who, who rejoices, who is patient in trouble and who keeps praying, then there's a whole lot of my life that I need to surrender. There's a whole lot of my life that I need to continue to surrender because to be honest, I would say that a lot of us aren't always hopeful in hopeful. We're not always hopeful in Jesus. And so there's a lack of trust that we need to surrender. We're not always people who, who, are, um, who, who are patient in trouble. Not always, I mean, I'm not always patient. 
And so there's an error of me that I need to surrender. Um, I'm not always someone who keeps on praying or who is faithful in prayer. In fact, sometimes my loyalties can go out the window. I can, I can search Google or seek a thousand opinions or anything else before I take something to God in prayer. And I'm aware of the fact that there's things that I need to surrender. And I believe that as a church, God is saying this, this to us. He's like I, I, like, I want your heart. More than anything else, I want your heart. That's the thing I want. I want your heart. I want people who, like his, his aim for us is this, that you are confident hope that you're patient in trouble and you keep on praying, but he'll do that after he has your heart. So the start of Romans 12 says this, and uh, we're going to pray and then do something else. It says uh, in Romans 12 too, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. So this year, I believe that God doesn't want us just to look like everyone else. He wants us to stand out and be different. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Okay. He wants to transform us. And so, so tonight, I really just want to pray for you that you can be someone who is transformed, to be someone who is filled with hope, that can rejoice in hope, that is patient in trouble, that is faithful in prayer, that genuinely loves people. Someone who is heart, whose heart is completely loyal to Jesus. Someone who this year is a Christian Christian and that next year is a Christian Christian, but that you are someone who you go, I am becoming more like Christ every day. So would you stand with me? And I would love to pray for you. And then we're going to sing and high five each other and go home. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your blessings. We thank you that you love us, that your aim for us this year is that we wouldn't be flaky. We wouldn't be people who, um, who has who have divided loyalty, but we will be people who are Christian Christians. So we're actually people who resemble you. That We are little Christ. When people look at us, they go, gee, that person reminds me of Jesus. That we are people whose hearts are completely yours. And so right now, God, we surrender our lives to you. We surrender our hearts to you. Lord, we want to be people who can confidently rejoice in our confident hope in you, who are patient this year, whatever troubles come, that we are patient because of our confident hope in you and that we are faithful, we are loyal in prayer, in seeking you, in bringing goodness, bringing trouble, bringing whatever before you, in chatting to you, in, in being with you, in spending time in your presence, Lord, that we are people of your presence. So God, I pray your blessing on every single person here tonight, Lord, as we surrender our own fallen nature to you, with a desire to become more like you, Lord. We thank you that you are the one who transforms us. So, Lord, would you transform us by renewing our minds? Would you renew our hearts? Lord, would you renew our attitudes? Would we be people who are known by our love? And so I pray you blessing on everyone here, God. Lord, we pray that anything from 2021 that needs to be dealt with will be dealt with tonight. Any unforgiveness, any trouble, any, any, anything that we haven't brought before you, God, we bring that to you now. We lay that at your feet. We thank you that you are restoring, you are renewing. Lord, you are making us more like you. So I pray your blessing on each one of us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Take some time now to consider what really stood out to you in that message. God has been speaking to you. What is it that he said to you? 
if you're in the room with someone else, turn and share with them what stood out to you. And I say to them, how can I pray for you? Share with them something that you love about God and something that you're thankful for this week. Or phone someone and ask them those questions. What do you love about God? What are you thankful for this week? And how can I pray for you? Bless you and have a great week.